How is everybody this evening? Great. Good to hear it. Well, I'll warn you now, tonight might get a little, a little messy. You think Julia was bad the other week? Might not have anything on this. <laughs> but I have tissues. It's okay. <laughs> I'm Joe. for those of you that don't know me. I'm married to Dave, and it's my turn to say happy anniversary to repay, repay you for this morning, so it's cheaper than cards. Um, <laughs> not really the right thing, right? So we've been looking at the whole idea of respond as we feel that this is a key theme for us as a church this year. And we've heard what it looks like to respond to his call, that saying yes is not a one-time decision, but a series of decisions consistently surrendering to God, surrendering to God and be willing to, being willing to say yes no matter what the cost. We've heard about how we respond in worship, with our giving, by seeking that closer walk with Jesus, with prayer. What I want to talk about tonight is how we respond when life is turned upside down, inside out, the moments where life changes irrevocably, where you realize that what you thought life was going to look like is actually quite different from reality. The world expects things to happen in a certain way and expects humans to react in a certain way. The adrenal response of flight or fight is just one of the things that people looked for, look for. And anger when we've been wronged is another. So when we respond to something in a countercultural way, such as forgiveness, the world takes notice. You see, how we respond in these moments, moments of crises, is the thing that sets us apart from those who don't yet know Jesus. And our response to crises is what determines our future effectiveness. John 10.10 tells us that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Satan will take any opportunity he can to interrupt or distract us because the last thing he wants is for us to fulfill the plans and purposes God has for us. I am not saying that he is always responsible when stuff goes wrong. That gives him too much credit. But he will use it to his advantage. When faced with tragedy or with difficulty, people make one of two choices. They choose to turn towards God or to turn away from him. Satan wants us to turn away from God, and God wants us to turn towards him. As the song, O Come to the Altar, says, the Father's arms are open wide. He is, as Julia said this morning, he's always there waiting for us to turn our ears towards him, to walk towards him, to walk with him. So how do we ensure that this is our response? Some of you know my story, but I'm going to share it anyway, for those of you that don't. When I was 16, my dad drowned in a river accident. It was the very beginning of my sixth form year, which is year 12, for those of you that are not as old as I am, and was certainly a moment where my world got flipped on its head. In the space of a day, I went from imagining a life with dad around to facing the reality that my life would be completely different from what I expe had expected. My dad would not be there to walk me down the aisle, to be granddad to my kids, or any of those things that you just assume would be part of your adult life and things that you would get to share with your parents as they grow old. There was a lot of normal reaction from me. Obviously, grief is a, a journey that has some pretty well-defined stages. Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. And I went through them all, sometimes multiple times a day. Through it all, however, I never doubted that God was with me and that he would get me through it. 
At a time when my response was to trust in him and allow him to bring healing and whatever else I needed to get me through. Sorry, at a time when I was faced with turmoil, my response was to trust in him and to allow him to bring healing and whatever else I needed. I had lots of people say to me, you are so strong, but it was never me. It was never me. It was always him. I know I make this sound like it was something that I just did, but there was far more to it than that. My life up until that point had been built around the knowledge that God is faithful, that he is sovereign, that no matter what, he is with me. My foundation was firmly built on what I knew and understood of God's character, based on what the Bible said and what I had experienced already in my life. My faith was pretty strong, but I know that isn't always the case. And when something like this happens, your faith can be shaken. So what did my response look like? Now, you've got to remember, I was 16. I was a teenager. So just everything I say, just put that into a teenage girl, emotional, you know. Yeah, you know. (laughs) I was honest with God, brutally so. I poured out my heart, my pain, my anger. I questioned. I don't think I've ever asked why so much. I told God what I thought, the good, the bad. I think this is something that we can be a bit afraid to do, like being this honest will somehow bring God's judgment down on us. But the reality is that firstly, God can handle it. And secondly, God knows our heart and our pain before we even speak it. Jesus took it all on the cross, and there is no one else that can fully fathom what we at any point in time may be going through. Who better to talk to about it? God takes it all from us without any judgment. It's interesting when you look at the story of Job, and we often focus on the fact that he is faced with unspeakable tragedy, and his response is to praise the Lord and to remain blameless. But I discovered something in reading the rest of the book. He had some pretty useless friends, and he was brutally honest with God. His friends came and offered all sorts of speeches and advice, and pretty much told him that he must have sinned against God in order for such tragedy and judgment to have been brought against him. Job's response to them and to God, however, was not to agree that God was judging him, but their cries of anguish. The whole, all of his, all those, those chapters in the book, it's just a really big, long why. There are verses and verses where he pours out his pain and his anger and his confusion. He never curses God, but he also does not minimize or hide his pain. He maintains that God will answer him and help him to understand what has happened, which is what God does along with some gentle correction. Now, my friends were not useless like Job's, just to be really clear. But they were mostly 16 and 17-year-olds that had never faced tragedy. They had no clue how to respond to the emotional bundle that I was. People either avoided all mention of parents in general at all, or they did their best to show that they were there even when they had no clue what to say, and occasionally did helpful things like tell me to just get over it. They had no frame of reference for what this sort of loss looked like. God gave up his only son. Jesus was separated from his father. He understands. Psalm 55, 22 says, Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. 
There is no one better than Jesus to understand our pain and no one better than the Holy Spirit to comfort us. I also took refuge in worship. Those of you that know me will know that worship is something that, that I love. It's my happy place. Sometimes it's also my messy place and my sad place. Worship was where a lot of healing took place and where I could go if I didn't have the words to express what I was feeling or needed. The great thing about worship is that other people have put words together to express things that our heart and spirit can agree with. There were times when I couldn't sing. It was too painful. Or I didn't have the words. And simply being in the presence of God and allowing the truth of the words on the recording to wash over me allowed me to still worship him in spirit and in truth. The other thing about worship is that it lifts our eyes from what we are going through and helps us to really focus on God. When you sing words like, there is none like you, the faithful one, Jesus, it reminds our spirit of the truth of who God is and his character. When your pain or your circumstances make you feel like you can't worship, that is often the time we need it the most. You don't need to be able to sing or even do anything other than immerse yourself in the words and the music, whether that is putting on a CD or getting to a service even when you don't feel like it. There have been many times in my life where I have not felt like singing the, the words of a particular song, but as I have opened my heart to God and chosen to be present in the moment of worship, there has been a shift where I've gone from not wanting to sing to wanting to declare the truth of the lyrics over my life and others around me. The Psalms are full of songs where David goes from lamenting in one part to pouring and pouring out his pain to praising God. There are many verses, verses, such as in Psalm 103, where David tells his soul to praise the Lord. Isaiah 61.3 tells of putting on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Worship is a choice. If we only worship when we feel like it, we are limiting God to our understanding of emotional response. Worshipping in spirit and in truth means we bring our whole heart, pain included, and worship with integrity. It's not about putting on a happy face, but allowing yourself to be vulnerable with the God who loves you so much that he gave his only son for you. I also spent time reading more and more of his promises. It's amazing how verses that you learn as a child take on new meaning when you have the context of pain or some other life experience. Reading about God's compassion, his peace that passes all understanding, and how he is a father to the fatherless, took on new meaning. The truth of the words did not change, but the revelation in my heart did, according to what I had now experienced. There were verses that spoke to me in those months and years immediately after that even now wouldn't have the same impact, but in that moment they were what I needed to be reminded of. When you allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you as you read the word of God, that's when it really becomes the living, breathing word of God in our hearts and minds. It's not just a collection of nice stories. It is full of truth. We need to have this truth in our hearts. Really, it comes down to this. I spent time in prayer. I spent time in worship. I spent time in his word. The reality is that if these things are not part of your life when everything is going well, it is extremely difficult to put them in place when everything turns to custard. I am far from perfect in this. I would love to be spending more time with each of these. And it's a journey. But the habits you create on the mountaintops 
are the ones that will help you get through the valley. I chose to turn towards him when everything around me crumbled. And that wasn't the last time I had to do it. There have been times since when I have had to choose to turn towards God. To say, yes, I trust you. Your will be done. The reality is that we live in a broken world full of broken people. And without wanting to put a damper on it, in all likelihood, at some point in your life, you will face a moment or moments of tragedy or upheaval. John 16:33 says, In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Saying yes to God doesn't prevent this from occurring, and one of the biggest questions people ask is, why do bad things happen to good people? I don't pretend to know or have all the answers. There are some things that I won't know or understand until I'm face to face with my Saviour. What I do know is that because of his great love, because Jesus paid the ultimate price on the cross, death has no sting. He has won the victory over sickness, over disease, over emotional and physical pain, over everything this world can throw at us. But there's more. This isn't just for me or for you. There is a whole world out there full of people who do not know Jesus, who do not know his love, his grace, his healing, his compassion, his forgiveness. When we choose to respond by turning towards him, those people are one step closer to knowing the reality of Jesus for themselves. For them, I choose to have life and have it to the full. You said it was going to get a little bit messy. <laughs> but that's all right. We'll move that. Come on up, guys. Come on up. You can grab a mic here. Well done on bringing your own tissues. That's a bonus. Good work. Hey, um, thanks for that, darling. That was uh, pretty powerful stuff and pretty raw. Um, we're coming into a, a time now. This is uh, Life Talk, and uh, we just get a chance to... Four of us here are going to have a bit of a conversation about some of the stuff that's come up. Uh, and you can join in the conversation by sending in uh, some questions to the cell phone number up there, and we'll see if we can get to them. Um, tonight, over here, it's, it's, it's couples night tonight. Uh, we've got Josh, <laughs> Josh and Rachel Thompson. <laughs> yes, it's a little bit closer. Uh, yeah, so, um, so Josh and Rachel and uh, Joe and I'm Dave, and uh, we've been married 18 years today. And thank you. I don't know how she did it, really. And you guys have been married? Seven. Seven years. And really, the fact that we're married couples actually has nothing to do with the fact that we're on the panel tonight, but that's okay. Um, but we've got some stories to share. Look, um, pain, I think, <laughs> the thing about pain is it's probably the one thing or one of the, one of the few things that every single human on the planet can actually identify with and has experienced, and we actually all have in common, right? Um, and there's lots of bits of life that are different all across the world, but pain and suffering is actually a common thing. And so um, just, I guess, just opening by just giving you guys an opportunity to just say, uh, how, what is responding to God in the midst of pain and suffering over, over your life? What has that looked like for you at different times? So 
Okay. Um, okay, like Dave said, hi, I'm Rachel. Um, so we have been married seven years, and about two years into our marriage, we decided, hey, we want to have kids. We feel like that's a real desire on our heart. Um, that was something that we wanted to do. Um, so I have a hormonal imbalance. It's called polycystic ovarian syndrome, or PCOS for short. I'm going to shorten that. It's easier. Um, yeah, so we knew that maybe it was going to take a while. Maybe I was thinking six months, a year, or whatever. So we were like, let's just get started now while we're young, and then, you know, in a year's time, we'll be all good. Um, and then I guess month turned into month, turned into year, turned into year, and here we are five years later still with waiting for our answer to prayer. Um, and that's been obviously like the hardest thing of my whole life. Even sharing it right now is quite hard. Um, I haven't shared it publicly before because it's so personal and so raw, but I really felt like, um, you know, so often in church we hear stories of, oh, you know, I couldn't have kids, and then God answered my prayer, and here I am, and you sit there sometimes, and you go, that's so good, but, like, I'm in the middle of it, and, like, where's the story of the person who's, like, still going? So, like, here's me, still going. Um, so when I, when it kind of maybe, like, a year into it, I was like, right, I need to find the promises of God, and I really latched onto those verses, um, you know, God said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply, and God said, you'll make the barren woman to keep house and to be a joyful mother of children. And there's even a verse in the Bible that says, and God remembered Rachel and enabled her to conceive. And I just like, <laughs> yeah, hey, that, that works. So I would like quote that and pray for that and get prayer for healing like again and again and again and again and keep going. And then, you know, you get two years, three years in and it gets really hard and you go, why is this, okay, like, I'm doing what everyone says to do, which is, like, read the Bible and pray and get prayer for healing, and, like, why do I still not have my answer to prayer? And so I've had to come to a place where I've decided that, you know what, no matter what God's answer to this is, if I, if, if it looks different than I thought it was, if he was never to answer my prayer, I'm still going to praise him. I'm still going to worship him. I'm going to put him first in my life. And just by doing that, um, you know, God has given me so many breakthroughs in my life, like emotional healing and um, life keys, guys. So good. Um, yeah. Shout out. What, so what is that? What's life keys? Some okay, sorry, 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 yeah. sorry. Um, life keys is a 10-week program looking at our search in life for value, acceptance, and belonging. And so you do a lot of internal work where you look at your past and how that's affected you. And so through that, I dealt with all of this pain that I had. And like through infertility, I'd been just pushing people away because it hurt so much and I couldn't tell people about it. And then, you know, other stuff in my past and I thought that I was worthless and all this stuff that I kind of never really thought that I could have healing from. And so... When I'm looking to God for my answer, which I think is to get pregnant and have a baby, he's like giving me all this other stuff. So it's like sometimes the breakthrough you think you need is just one part of it. And God has so much more in store for you that if you let go of God, if you walk away, if you don't keep worshiping and praising, then you're going to miss everything that he has. So sometimes you have to, like for me, sorry, I've talked too long already. 
Okay, so I have, um, for me, I've kind of laid aside what I want and just learnt to just get to know who Jesus is. And man, it's like Jesus is amazing. Like, I know you hear that so much, but like the Bible says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. And I've just kind of clung to that, just like drawing near to God and like learning to hear from him, feel his presence. And I don't know, like I just have this peace and this joy, even though this is still the hardest thing I've been through, I'm going through, and it hurts so much, and you cry so much, and but now I know that Jesus hears every prayer. I know he has good things in store for me. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? You don't actually have to answer if you don't want to, because it might be too hard, but I think it's okay. So uh, we can hear, you trust, you, we can hear you've got a huge trust in God. So do you still have, you haven't let go of this dream though, right? You still have faith that he's going to come through yeah. in this? Or, yeah, no, yes, I do. Yes, no, yes, no, yes. No, yes, I do. Uh, yeah, so I've done a lot of, um, you know, like medications and hospitals and tests and uh, terrible stuff. And then, so right now we're on the wait list for IVF, which is like a year wait and we're about six months through. Um, and so, yeah, I still believe that maybe we'll get pregnant in the meantime. Fingers crossed because IVF is a massive medical procedure to go through. Um, but maybe it's IVF, maybe it's not, maybe it's something else. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not going to keep going after it. I mean, yeah. I am going to keep going <laughs> after yeah, it yeah. because I think God gives us the desires of our heart, yeah. ultimately. He's good. He's yeah. got it. Yeah. Nice. Um, so I think that there was definitely a point there um, for, for both of us and, and definitely Rachel uh, felt like she had pushed, pushed down that desire. So she had desire to be a mother, but had pushed that down completely right. um, because it was so hard, because it, it hurt. So it was just easier. Yeah. Um, and probably only a few weeks ago, I think God really let you know that, like you're pushing this down, like don't push yeah. this down. Like yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like I had a time in worship where, um, yeah, God just showed me so strongly that that's I had just tried to focus on other things that I wanted in life. You know, this is cool and this is cool and it's cool not having kids because you can do stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but God really like let me feel that whole weight of grief, which was really intense, but... Um, I think, important for me to process that emotionally. Oh, cool. So um, we'll move slightly different. Both of you have talked about worship very strongly in amongst this, and um, I think that one of the things that's amazing about worship in this context, you can come into this place, I mean, it hurts, you're in pain, you're hurting, but actually you can come and other people are actually worshiping on your behalf in a context like this. And I think about Moses and, and people holding his arms up and I think um, there is something so powerful about communal worship and being in that place together. Uh, I actually remember for me last year, there was a, a really, really difficult season for us. And uh, I came, there was a meeting here and it wasn't a worship meeting. It was, a, it was actually uh, essentially a leadership sort of pastors meeting. You know, we're going to learn about this. And I, I was here, I was actually setting up and I was, it was about to start. And I actually realized I can't, I can't stay for this because I can't receive anything from here. But come Sunday, where the situation was actually much worse, <laughs> but Sunday, I wanted to be here 
because I wanted to be in the house of God and be alongside others who were worshiping and to be in his presence. So I couldn't be, I couldn't be taught in that moment a whole lot of stuff that was too hard, but to just praise and worship was something else which was really cool. Joe, in your message, you um, made a comment really early on. You talked about uh, when you respond to other people differently to how the world expects, the world notices. Um, so we've all had pain and difficult things. Isn't it our right, though, just to be angry about everything because we're going through it? Like, isn't it our right to do that? I don't, I don't think that we're not supposed to be angry. I think ang- anger is a normal human emotion. But it's how we channel the anger, and it's what we do with it. And that was kind of the point where I said, you know, we can we can unload anything to God. Actually, if you're angry, tell him. Be angry with him. He's 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 a he's a big God. He's bigger than we can imagine. He can handle it, and he can help us to deal with that anger. Um, I think that it's when anger becomes something that you are then directing towards other people, or you're not dealing with in a healthy way, that's when it's a problem. So in response to it's never going to happen, it's never going to happen, our countercultural response can be faith. In response to it hurts, it hurts. Instead of anger, you mentioned forgiveness. Are there any sorts of situations that, that you've had to forgive either other people or yourself or God? Is that... That's all right. We can move on. All right. Is there anything that you've done in these things that you've actually changed, a practical thing that you've shifted in your life that has helped you get through some of the stuff? Yeah, so I think um, g- g- going through this together, um, we, we had to change some things about, uh, like, your, your diet. We had to change your diet, um, try all of those kinds of things. Like natural kind of methods yeah, and yeah. stuff, yeah. Um, and though that didn't get the outcome we desired, it it's been such a great thing mm. that we've been healthier, we've been looking after ourselves more. Um, so I, I feel like thr- through through all of that, uh, yeah, there, there's something so great that comes from it. Um, and uh, from a different perspective, like I've been dealing with depression for most of my life. I've been on medication um and there's a certain there there are are spells where it's not enough um and there was a point where i realized that i needed to to do something more um and so i started to exercise more and it was like and it was something that i needed to do i needed to get my heart rate up and exercise and it just just switched that imbalance in my brain um and so that so I've been doing that ever since, yeah. and it's and it's been such a good thing. It's such a huge thing when you when you're when you're struggling when your when your mind isn't quite there. Um, it, yeah, exercise is great. Yeah, and I think that yeah. you start to realize that God gives you the ability to do that stuff. Yeah. It's not just we don't praying is like so massively important, and worship is so massively important. But like, what can you do like? look after yourself and exercise and there is something that I would just like little side note if you are like the spouse of someone with depression or a close friend or family member um you like don't tell them just to get over it mm. tell them something practical like encourage them to exercise like yeah. that's what I did for Josh and 
it helped so much. And, you know, there's a move class on every... <laughs> Every I, know the, <laughs> I know who runs that. Every Monday night at 6.30, and you can bring someone to that if you know they're struggling. Honestly, like, we stretch and we do warm-ups and, like, Saturday cool work. mornings as well. Saturday mornings at 10.30. 10.30, um, yeah. Genuinely, like, I dragged Josh along to classes, and it helped him so much. And so if you're, yeah, I just she, think that's She actually just makes do. him do the hard ones. A <laughs> little bit, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> And on the other side, of course, I decided earlier this year I needed to get more exercise and five games into the basketball season, I tore my calf muscle. So that's awesome. Um, oh. Yeah. You picked a dangerous sport, though. <laughs> yeah, you need to come to move and stretch uh, yeah, out. Yeah, that's your, probably true. Yeah. It's probably true. Hey, thanks, Scott. Look, really appreciate you all being so open and honest about where you're at and your journey that you're on. And this room is now full of people who are believing that God's going to come through for, for you guys. And, and that's just awesome. So why don't you give them a huge hand? For being so open. We'll just have a wee dance up here. Um, the team's just going to come back and we're going to go into a time of worship now. And I'd really like just to, to, you know, we've talked about some difficult things tonight and I'm just really aware that there might be some people out there that are actually wrestling with difficult stuff right now themselves. And I'd really like to offer this opportunity for you to have some prayer. So if that's something that you want, then actually the, the, the altar's open. Come, grab me, grab somebody else. We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to give you that encouragement and help you to see God's perspective in the midst of whatever you're going through. But as we worship, I just really encourage you, just, you know, that's, that's a place where you can pour out your heart to God. It's a place where you can tell Him anything. It's a place where your heart can commune with Him. And um, just before that we do that, I really just want to, I want to offer an opportunity. You know what? I don't know everybody here, and I don't know where you're at. And there might be people here that actually don't know the reality of who God is. They don't know the reality of a Jesus who loves them, of a God who loved them so much that he sacrificed his only son on the cross. And if that's something that you want to know more about, then I'd love to pray with you. So if you want to just maybe come forward at the end or tell someone next to you, someone would love to connect with you. We've got some brochures that can help you about that as well. But don't let this opportunity go by because this could be your moment. Why don't you stand with us?